thank you so much, and you can be seated. And I appreciate the Lord allowing us to have good music and good singing, and what a blessing all of it has been to us again this evening. Well, if you have your Bible, I want you to join me, if you will, tonight in the book of James, chapter 3, James chapter 3. And I'd like to read three or four verses in this chapter, and then jump over to chapter 4, and maybe just read a couple of more. James chapter 3, page number 1, 1,308, if you have an old Schofield Bible. And if you don't, James, book of James is kind of over toward the end of the Bible. Just start backing up a few books, and you'll find the book of James, chapter 3. I want to remind you again of our service here on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Hope you'll join us for our live stream service again. And it's all we got till we can do better. And hopefully it won't be too much longer. We can do better again. Somebody sent me, a, Brother Ray Young sent me a crazy text today. And it, it, what, it, what it was, it, 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 it said the, uh, uh, a preacher of a, of a church the first day that the doors opened back up. And it looked like a guy on Price is Right, you know, when they said, come on down. I mean, he's slapping fives with everybody and just having a time. And we may do that. When it's time to have church again here and we can open the doors back up, it might look like the Price is Right's going on around here. I don't know. But, uh, man, that was hilarious. I got that today. And then I want to thank all of you that have been sending texts uh, after services. Uh, we get texts going up the road on the way home and try to answer every text that we get. And I appreciate all of the kindness. Thank you for watching. Um, uh, somebody texted me today. They were sitting in a drive-thru at Starbucks. And they said, listening to you on the radio. And they were drinking their, I guess, coffee, whatever it is, milkshakes, whatever you get from there. And I thought, good night. People ride around Starbucks listening to preaching. But uh, that's the days we live in, is it not? But I'm glad that we can have this time. And thank you for your text and kindness and for praying. And uh, praying for us, praying for our church right now. And uh, it's just a lot up for grabs, a lot going on right now. And I hope that you'll continue to pray. Let's read together tonight, James chapter 3. And I want to begin reading with verse 8 and then just read through verse number 10. Here's what the Bible said. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Now jump over to chapter 4 and look at verse number 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And then if you will jump down to verse number 8, and here's what the Bible said. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's all I'm going to read, and I know that's probably an unusual bit of uh, portion of Scripture to read tonight, but I think you'll get where we're going with this when we arrive in just a moment. Let's pray. Father, bless your word. We pray, and I pray that in every home or car or whatever the case may be, here sitting in this auditorium, Lord, that uh, you'll speak to our hearts tonight from these verses and help us. Lord, we sure need your help. And I pray that you'd help us in these days, help our people. Lord, we're not, many of them are not able to get to church right now. And, and I just pray that you'd help them, meet with them. 
day by day. Help us to purpose in our hearts to stay close to God, stay close to you. And, Lord, that's going to take a concerted effort on our part right now to stay close to you. And I pray that you'd help us to do that, put forth the effort, set aside some time throughout the day to read our Bibles and pray and just stay close to you. And then bless your word tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the one thing that is on everybody's mind right now is, of course, the uh, situation that is going on in our nation and even in our world tonight. It's my understanding that the first encounter that anyone had with this virus was back on November the 17th of last year in a place called Wuhan, China. There may have been some earlier cases of this, but that was the first recorded incident of this unknown kind of a virus. Details really get sketchy after that uh, because of the slowness of all the reports that were coming out of the country of China. On January the 20th of this year, the, uh, uh, the Center for Disease Control in China reported back on December the 21st of last year that a cluster of people had been diagnosed with pneumonia of an unknown cause in this Wuhan, China. Then you fast forward now to the day, the day being March the 29th of 2020, and all over our world people have been affected by this virus. In fact, and these, these statistics were as of 5 o'clock this afternoon. 714,153 people throughout the world now have the coronavirus, and 33,617 people have died from it worldwide. In the United States of America, 138,879 people have confirmed, uh, the been confirmed cases of the coronavirus and uh, 2,438 deaths as of 5 o'clock this afternoon have been in our own nation. As far as our state is concerned, the state of North Carolina, as of 5 o'clock, there are now 1,040 confirmed cases of the coronavirus in our state and now there have been four deaths in the state of North Carolina. Now, with all that being said, the one thing that's really on our mind right now is how not to get sick, how not to catch this virus. And, of course, you know, these are very nervous times. I catch myself every time that I sneeze or I cough. I, I look around to see if anybody's looking at me funny. I mean, those are the days uh, that you and I are living in. The other day, I was standing at the copying machine in the, in the church office, and I don't know what happened, but man, I, you know how sneezes, it's come on you. And I sneezed real big, out loud, and then I just said right after that, before it even caught my mind, I said, as far as I know, I don't have the virus. I mean, that's the day and the age in which we're living. Every time you get to feeling a little bit funny, or your heart flutters a little bit, you think, man... Uh, like Fred Sanford, is this the big one, Elizabeth? You know, you just, you just don't know. And, and our government keeps telling us how to avoid getting this virus. They preach to us on a constant, it seems like every presidential update or every governor's update that we hear in our own state, they are telling us some ways to keep from getting this virus. And there seems to be, there seems to be three things that they keep telling us not to do. First of all, they tell us, cover your mouth. If you sneeze or if you cough, you gotta, you got you got to cover your mouth when you do that. So they preach to us, cover your mouth. Number two, they tell us this, wash your hands continuously. I mean, no matter what happens, be sure that you wash your hands. And then number three, they tell us to maintain a distance away from other people. 
and they tell us, hey, if you'll do those three things, cover your mouth, uh, wash your hands, and, and then stay away from people, if you'll do those three things, the chances of you getting this disease, this virus, will be dramatically reduced. I, I find myself trying to do those things now, uh, you know, coughing, covering my mouth, and, and uh, washing my hands regularly. Uh, trying to keep my hands clean, and then, I don't know, I'm not doing good at that distance thing, but I, I'm working on it. And, and they tell us that if we'll do those things, we will not get sick. But I want you to think about those three things in a spiritual light tonight. Because in reality, I think what our government is doing is they're giving us a recipe for revival. In those three things, if we would just in the church, as the body of Christ, as members of the body of Christ, people that are saved, if we would do those three things, not only would we re reduce our chances maybe of getting this virus, but we would increase our chances of having a personal revival if we would do those three things. I mean, stop and think about that. Cover your mouth. <laughs> Cleanse your hands. And watch your distance. Now, I don't know if you even noticed this or not, but these verses that I've read tonight have to do with those three things. In James chapter 3, the verses that I read tonight have to deal with the subject of, hey, cover your mouth. Then when we come to uh, chapter 4 and verse number 8, I mean the words are right there. Cleanse your hands. And then if you'll back back up to verse number 4, James talks about not being a friend of the world keeping your distance from the world. Now, I want to tell you something. If you and I would put those three things into practice, we might have revival. Now, I know right now, you know, it's kind of hard to have a church-wide revival with a bunch of empty chairs in here. But I do believe this. I don't think it would be impossible to have a personal revival in these days if we would put those three things into practice that we're doing physically if we put them into practice spiritually. Now, join me tonight in this text. Let me just mention these three things, say a word or two about each one, and then we'll have prayer. How many of you all are with me? Are you with me tonight? Is this crazy? Have I lost my cotton-picking mind? Okay. All right. Hang on with me now. Look, if you will, now, James chapter 3. Let's talk about, hey, cover your mouth. Cover your mouth. Now, of course, again, they remind us, hey, if you'll do that, if you'll do that, it'll keep you from getting this virus. And if you don't do that, you may take in some, some kind of a germ that may be, may be, uh, be very detrimental uh, to your health. They suggest cover your mouth when you sneeze or when you cough. But I want to tell you something, like one of the greatest battles that we as God's people face tonight and fight is the ability to cover our mouths. In James chapter number 3, James devotes almost a whole chapter in his book and his writings to the importance of keeping your mouth covered. Boy, I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, if we would learn to do that, we could save a lot of heartache and a lot of problems in the family of God. In fact, if you'll look at chapter 3 and verse number 2, James says this, In essence, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. You know what James is saying? I think, I think in verse number 2 what James is saying, you take a person that can cover their mouth they can control what comes out of their mouth. That person has the ability to control every action of his body. I, I think that's right. Look again at verse 2. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, a mature man, and able also to bridle 
the whole body. In other words, you've got a man or a lady that has enough gumption, enough spirituality about them to watch what they say comes out of the mouth. James said that man can control his whole body by just controlling his mouth. In other words, if you can control, keep your mouth covered as a child of God, if you can keep, uh, keep your mouth covered, then you won't have any trouble with your hands reaching for the wrong things. You won't have any trouble with your eyes looking at the wrong things because you, 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 you conquer your mouth. You conquered, according to verse number 2, you've conquered your whole body. Boy, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? Man, if we get to the place we just be careful about what we say, I'm telling you, we, we would gain victory in every area of our body. Turn back to James chapter 1 for just a moment. Look at verse 26. James said this in verse 26, If any among you, any man among you, seem to be religious, religious and bridleth not his tongue. There it is again. If a man seems to have religion, but he don't cover his mouth, James said, is he deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. You know what James said? James said if a man can't keep his mouth covered, no matter what he does for God, it's all in vain. In other words, it doesn't matter how much we do for God. It doesn't matter how well we may do it. It's all in vain if you and I don't cover our mouths, no matter what I preach no matter how may I may testify or witness for God, no matter how good we may sing or not sing, no matter how much I give to the, to the church, it does me a dime's worth of good, no good whatsoever if I don't learn to cover my mouth. Cover my mouth. What good am I doing to the cause of Christ if I do one thing toward God and then run out here and tear everything down by things that come out of my mouth. Can I have an amen? You know, the measure of what I am as, as, as a person, as a Christian, is not my talents. And it's not my treasure. But the essence of, and the measure of what I am is my tongue. How do I control my tongue. You know, we have, a, in this day and age, we have one crowd that runs around and says the real mark of spirituality is whether you speak in tongues or not. But James in this text says this, the measure of your spirituality is not whether you speak in tongues. The measure of your spirituality is can you control the tongue you got? Amen. I mean cover your mouth. The thermometer that measures either the hotness or the coldness of our walk with God is our mouths. You know, really, a sign of a bad heart is what comes out of the mouth. You know, Jesus said back in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, in the last phrase of that verse, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. We say out in the country, and many of you are from the country, we say what's down in the well will always come up in the bucket. When you hear somebody that's all they're doing is just profanity and cursing is coming out of their mouth, or if you hear somebody that's constantly being negative and just critical and, and spreading old gossip or whatever, in reality what they're saying is, man, my heart stinks. My heart is dirty. My heart is bad. Look at verse 10 of James chapter 3. Here's what James said. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. That, that didn't happen. James said, My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Look at verse 11. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? In other words, James is saying, Man, that's a, that's a contradiction in terms. 
for a man to say that he's one thing, but then his mouth reveal that he's completely something else. If I were to go get a drink of water out of the fountain tonight, I can expect to either get sweet water or bitter water, but you're not going to get both sweet water and bitter out of the same fountain. And ladies and gentlemen, that ought to be true of our mouth. If you're going to cuss, go out of here and live for the devil. Amen. But if you're going to live for God, keep your mouth covered. Amen. Watch what you say. Listen, you can't come to church on Sunday at 10 and have an hour of glory and leave church at 11 and go to a local restaurant and have an hour of gossip. It just don't work that way. Cover your mouth. You can tear down in five minutes from your words what it's taken you 20 years to build up with your life. I heard about this little girl one time, and her and her brother had had a bad fight. You know how kids are. They had a bad spat. And so uh, and that kind of got over a little bit. They're still mad at each other. And she, the little girl went and crawled up in her daddy's lap, and she was hugging on her daddy's neck. And uh, as she was hugging her daddy's neck, she looked over the little brother. They just had this big falling out. She looked at her brother, and she stuck her tongue out at him. Well, her mama saw it. She just knew what had happened. And she said, you get down out of your daddy's lap right now. She said, why, Mama? She said, because you can't hug your father's neck and stick your tongue out at your brother at the same time. Now think about that. What's theology? You can't hug your father's neck and stick your tongue out at your brother. <laughs> Ain't we glad we're watching on live stream tonight? Cover your mouth. Man, that might be the first step to a personal revival. You can't, you can't run down your brothers and your sisters and God's family and hug your father's neck at the same time. It just don't work like that. Cover your mouth. Say it with me. Cover your mouth. Say it there at home. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Here we go. Number one, cover your mouth. Then look number two. Look over at James chapter 4, verse number 8. James says it very plainly. Cleanse your hands. Now, he's already talked about, man, watch what you say. Be careful the words that proceed out of your mouth. Your words reveal what's in your heart. Let's be careful. Let's let our words reveal that we have a, 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 not a sinless heart, but a heart that's trying to please and honor the Lord. But then he jumps down to this cleansing of the hand. You know, boy, we, have hear, we hear so much about that in this day. Do a thorough job of washing your hands, we hear. You know, they, they say that the best way to do it is get warm water and soap and, and for 20 seconds just scrub your hands. Or if hot water and soap is not near, to use some kind of a hand sanitizer that has at least 60% rubbing alcohol involved in that and contained in it to kill any germs that you may have picked up. Of course, we know right now that hand sanitizer is a real premium. We've stopped using hand sanitizer. We switched over to Clorox at our house. I ain't got a bit of hide on my hands right now. But uh, every time we go somewhere and I touch money or whatever, my wife will hand me one of them Clorox wipes. Man, I smell like Clorox coming down the road right now. wonder if I ain't done stained my suit up here. I heard about this little boy in the western part of our state. True story. When this first started happening, people were talking about, you know, be sure to use hand sanitizer. He asked his mama to buy a bottle of hand sanitizer, and she did. He took it to school and started selling it for a dollar a squirt. 
And by the time they got him stopped, he had $17 in his pocket. You know what I thought? That boy's going to be a good Baptist preacher one of these days, ain't he? What about, how ingenious is that? But James has a word for us in this text about keeping our hands clean. In fact, he says this in verse 8, drawn out of God. Get close to God. But then he turns right around and says, okay, if you're going to get close to God, you're going to have to keep your hands clean. You're going to have to keep your hands clean. Dirty hands speak of a defiled heart. By the way, if you look at our text, in verse number 8, he speaks about the hands and the heart. He talks about cleansing your hands, and he talks about purifying your heart. Sins of the hands, that's our outward sins. Sins of the heart, that's our inward sins. Sins of the hands, that's our sins of actions. Sins of the heart, that's our sins of, of, of attitude. But if you and I are going to get close to God, if we're going to have a personal revival in these days, we're going to have to clean our lives up. Man, we're going to have to keep our hands clean. If there's ever been a day that it's imperative for you and I to keep clean hands, it's in this day. We don't want the coronavirus. We don't want to get that. But I'm telling you, more than that almost, we need to, spiritually speaking, keep our hands clean today. I wish our government would put as much emphasis on the spiritual cleaning of hands as they're doing the physical cleaning of the hands. Don't you wish the president would stand up and say, Hey, wash your hands, but boy, get the dirt out of your heart. Keep them old germs out of your heart. Keep that old sin uh, away, away from you. Well, I'm glad there is a divine hand sanitizer, aren't you, called the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ can wash away and kill the germs of our sins. Praise the Lord. The need for clean hands. Can I show you a couple of verses that kind of go along with this? Look at this verse right here upon the screens. It says this, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Now, before you move on, let me just say that that, that verse is asking the question, Hey, who's going to come into God's presence? Hey, who's going to get close to God? Then the next verse answers that. Look at this. He that hath, say it with me, clean hands. And then there it is, a pure heart. Well, I'll tell you what, when you keep your hands clean, you're keeping your heart clean. There it goes back again. It's all a matter of the heart. And then look at this verse over in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and it says this, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, Lifting up, what kind of hands? Holy hands. Buddy, let's do our best as we live out these days to keep clean hands. So cover your mouth, cleanse your hands, and then for sake of alliteration, let me use it like this. Choose your distance. Now, again, we're, uh, there's a new phrase that's going around in our day, and it's called social distancing. You've heard that phrase. Uh, several times over these last several weeks, I know. And they're, what they're telling you is, man, stay away from people. That's the reason uh, starting tomorrow at 5 o'clock now we've got this stay-at-home order. By the way, I've checked on it. They said we could still do our live stream services, so we'll be here on Wednesday night, Lord willing. But uh, they tell us, hey, keep a six-foot distance between you and anybody else. My wife went to CVS the other day in Pilot Mountain. She said they had those big old containers up. And so and when you got close to the register, you had to reach across the container and put the merchandise that you was going to buy up on there because they want, they want a distance there. Of course, I said this morning, wherever you go now, it seems like on the floor they've got tape measuring six foot, six foot, six foot, and they're encouraging you to stay away from people. Don't get near people. 
you know, these barriers. I heard that one of the, the uh, grocery stores is getting ready to put up these, uh, uh, these uh, shields, these plastic shields for their people to stand in to keep their distance away from other people. Like never before, we're being told, hey, stay away from people. Stay away from people. Stay away from places. How many times are we hearing that now? Hey, don't go there. And stay away from people. I saw this guy walking through the airport. Man, he had an ingenious idea. It's a true story. He was walking through the airport. It was on the news the other night. And you know like one of these big floats that you'd have when you get in a swimming pool or something, one of those big old, like an inner tube, but it's, it's real big. He had taped that thing to himself. He crawled up in it, taped it to himself, and it acted the bumper. He, I mean, nobody could get near him. If they did, they had to bump into that big old pool float he had on or whatever. I mean, man, they're preaching to us. Hey, stay away from people and stay away from places. Man, I've been preaching that for years. There's just some people we need to stay away from. There's some places that God's business, uh, God's people have no business in going. That's the reason we read this. Look at James chapter 4 when he talks about being a friend of the world. Man, that's a contradiction in terms. A person who is a child of God being friendly with the world. We ought to keep our, not social distance, but we ought to keep our spiritual distance away from the world. Away from, by the way, we're not better than anybody else. I get that. I am no better than anybody else. But I tell you what, bless your heart, there's just some people i got no business hanging around right now. There's just some places, as a child of God, I have got no business going. And we keep hearing that over and over again. I keep hearing this today. I, I, I have preachers that call me and, you know, talk or whatever. And then I hear people. I have people that text me, you know, what about the separation of church and state? I keep hearing that. What about? And people that are mad about what the governor's done and not being able to have church right now. And I get all that. I don't understand why you can go to Walmart but can't come to church. I mean, it kind of seems crazy to me. But, hey, right now it's the law. And I keep hearing people talk, well, what about separation of church and state? Can I ask you, what about separation of church and world? Hey, we have lost. I mean, I'm, I'm for, hey, keep the government out of our business, but man, why are we trying to blend in with the world and be friendly with the world that crucified our Savior? Why in the world are we trying to be friendly and Put, put our hand out. Put her there, friend. Let's be friends. Put her there, pal. Let's be friends. Hey, listen, man. They don't love our Bible. They don't love our old-time religion. They don't love the blood of Jesus. They don't love church. They don't love worship. I'm telling you, I'd be a monkey's uncle if I'm going to stick my hand out to a world that hates my Bible and my Savior and say, put her there let's be friends. Not on your life, friend. We need to keep our distance from the world. Amen. Yes. Look back in James chapter 1. Look at verse 27. Here's what the Bible said. James 1, 27, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Now watch this now. To visit the fatherless and the widows and their affliction. Now I get that. Man, we ought to care about other people. And I get that. Visit the fatherless and the widow. Check up on people. Be sure they're okay. But did you notice the last phrase of verse 27? It says this, And keep himself unspotted from the world. I'm telling you, we live in a world that's full of infection. We live in a world that's full of dirty germs. Now, I, I know physically that is true. I get all that. But I tell you, that's been true before we ever heard of the coronavirus. Because this world is infected with the disease of sin. 
There are germs everywhere. Let's don't get too close to the world where we catch the sicknesses of the world. Hey, listen, we ought not to be allowing the world to influence us. We ought to be influencing the world for the cause of Christ. You know, the Bible likens us as God's people to the bride of Christ. And as a bride, I mean, being a bride, I've done some weddings before. And uh, I tell you one I've never done before. I've never seen a, a bride walk down the aisle with a, with a big old white dress on with a big old pizza stain right in the middle of it. I've never seen that before. You know what those brides, they want to look the best they possibly can on the day they get married. Now, I've married, and I guess all brides are pretty in some way. I mean, I've seen some that's just barely made it, but I guess, you know, all of them, I guess it's okay. But, you know, brides want to look pretty when they get married. You know that? I mean, they want to, man, they want to, they want to knock the socks off the person they're getting married to. So they're not going to walk down the aisle with dirt and grass stains on that pretty white dress and, and pizza and chocolate milk. I mean, they ain't going to do that. You know why? Man, they want to present themselves pure and spotless. To their, to their husband. You know, we're getting ready to get married. We're in that espousal period right now. Jesus is getting ready to come back, and I mean, right after the judgment seat, man, we get to go to the marriage supper. We're going to celebrate the wedding in the sky. Man, let's don't get our wedding garments spotted and filthy in this world. Let's keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Our government don't even know it, but they're giving us, as God's people, a recipe for revival. Cover your mouth, cleanse your hands, keep your distance. And who knows, we may have revival in these days. Now let's pray.